while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Or we'll take messages on the WBSM app chat. I do want to focus on Washington, uh, D.C. Uh, in this for now. If you want to call in, interject with some local conversation or even some national conversation that you want to get into, I'm happy to take your call. Or, um, at 508-996-0500 or take your app chat message on the WBSM app. So what's going on in what's, what's going on in Congress? <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually, because Kevin McCarthy, who is a longtime rep from California, longtime congressman from California, he has been in House Republican leadership for almost two decades now, probably about 15 or so years. He has on three separate on, on three separate occasions, including this one, tried to be the Speaker of the House. He has at least on two of those occasions failed. And on this third occasion. May also fail again. So what's interesting here is that. You look what happened. There was the midterm election, right? And the House, the the I mean, the, the Republicans won and they'll likely have the gavel, which is everything. Having the gavel is everything. Even if it's a slim majority, having that gavel, being able to say this bill comes on the floor and this doesn't, that's everything. You can block everything, all money bills, uh, any part of Biden's agenda. You can do that. Democrats picked up a seat in the Senate, maybe two seats. No, they picked up a seat in the Senate. Fifty-one senators they have, and they have the and the and they have a very slim minority. They only lost, I think, under 10, 10 or under ten House seats, which is the best performance for a party that holds the White House in, I think, since FDR. Mm-hmm. I think since the four-term president, FDR. Um, oh, the, I think the, the last time the Democrats did. The Republicans kept their majority uh, in the House in 2002 and in the Senate. They had done well in the midterms in 2002. But that was, a, that was on the heels of 9-11, right? So, you know, 9-11 happens, obviously. You know when 9-11 happened, September 11, 2001. And then... Bush, you know, is running as basically the face of the war on terror when everybody's scared to death. And, you know, it helped them get reelected and all of that. He ran as a war president and uh, did an effective job doing so. And so they had a really good performance. I think they might have kept their majority in the House. And the Senate, I think at the time, was split I think at the time the Senate might have been split. So Dick Cheney was the, um, 
I think Dick Cheney was the uh, was the was the tie-breaking vote. I believe that's how it went. But they did really well. Is the point I'm trying to make, and that was 20 years ago. And so this time, it was basically the Republican Party instead of being the face of the war on terror, or you know, being on the you know George Bush running with George Bush being the face of the war on terror. They ran. They ran as the uh, the Democrats effectively ran Republic uh, the Republicans as the party of Trump, and I think it's kind of funny that nine eleven running against running on you know running on fear of nine eleven and running on fear of Donald Trump produced pretty similar electoral co- uh, electoral results, but nevertheless. Republicans have a very, very slim majority in Congress. I think the slimmest majority in about 80 years in the House. You need 218 votes to become Speaker. So Kevin McCarthy, longtime Senate majority, uh, Senate, uh, in, I mean, in the House, uh, House Republican leadership, was the Senate majority leader for uh, this entire time that they've been, I mean, the Senate minority leader for this entire time, the Democrats have controlled the, I mean, the House minority leader for the, this entire time, the House, the, 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 the Democrats have controlled the House. He was the House minority leader, uh, majority leader in the mid 2010s, you know, towards the end of the, uh, during the Obama presidency, I believe he was the whip, but Eric Cantor was the, was, was the, uh, major, uh, majority leader and John Boehner, remember him was speaker and Eric Cantor lost his primary in 2014. He got primary to the right. The majority, the 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 House Majority Leader Eric Cantor, got uh, primary from uh, to his right by a guy named uh, David Blatt or Brat. He ended up losing like immediately after, so I can't remember his name, and I guess it's not important. David Blatt or Brat, but he ran to the right of him on immigration. So Kevin McCarthy back then becomes the House Majority Leader. John Boehner in 2015 resigns, just straight up resigns. He's the House Speaker. He resigns from Congress. He's done. So then Republicans have to pick a new Speaker. Obviously, the guy who's the Majority Leader, who's number two in House leadership, should be the guy who's number one after the guy who's in number one leaves but nobody likes kevin mccarthy (laughs) they're like we can't get we can't we can't make this guy speaker he's an idiot so (laughs) they go and find paul ryan who's still there paul ryan was you know obviously a congressman from wisconsin he was on the ticket with he was romney's vp pick not and honestly when he was romney's vp pick that was kind of his like he wasn't like a big known national figure until he was Romney's VP pick. You know, he he wasn't a big he wasn't really like a well-known national figure. So and he wasn't really I don't think in any leadership positions at the time, but what they said was basically, well, Paul Ryan is a well-known guy and he's not Kevin McCarthy. He's a national figure that we can make the face of our party. And so they did. So Kevin McCarthy wasn't speaker. Paul Ryan then he 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 
he decides not to seek another term in 2018 because he can read the tea leaves. He knows that he knows that the the Republicans are going to lose. He doesn't want to be go from being speaker to being uh, being majority leader. I mean, minority leader. So he's like, screw this. I'm out. And he leaves. Democrats win. Nancy Pelosi speaker again. She was speaker from 2006 to 2011. So the end of the Bush term, the end of the Bush years and the early uh, early Obama years. She was speaker of the House. She takes over. She's speaker of the House again. They've got a pretty big majority at the time. It was one of the biggest wipeouts uh, in terms of the House races. One of the biggest wipeouts in uh, in midterm history in response to the Trump presidency. Uh, but frankly, midterms are supposed to be a blowout for the party that uh, the party that's in power uh, in the White House anyway. So she's speaker Kevin McCarthy. Guess what? He's majority leader. So now that the Republicans have a slim majority in the House, Kevin McCarthy, who's the majority leader, should then, I mean, the minority leader, he's the minority leader, who is now the top-ranking leader of the House majority, should be the Speaker of the House. But the problem is, like last time, nobody likes Kevin McCarthy. And what's interesting is he's getting... When they they have to do rounds of votes, basically, and they usually meet in a caucus, like the Democrats, Republicans, all that. They usually meet in a caucus before they t- take the official rounds of voting in the House because they all got sworn in today. By the way, on January third, that's when the new Congress takes over. They always take it. They always take over January third. They take over, and if it's a presidential year, a year where there's a new president, they take they take over. Um, you know, about two weeks before the president does on January 20th. So January 3rd, they take over. And Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the votes. Now, the House, what's interesting is conversely, the House Democrats, they seem to have their stuff together. Nancy Pelosi, Jim Clyburn, and uh, Steny Hoyer, uh, who are all in the leadership at the time, the one, two, and three. Sonny Hoyer, I believe, is from Maryland. Jim Clyburn from South Carolina, a real kingmaker uh, in, in Democratic politics. Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, all at the end of the day decide, okay, we've had a good run as leader in the leadership of the Democratic Party. Uh, that run is over for whatever reason, you know. Maybe Nancy Pelosi's being too effective of a boogeyman. Maybe she feels like she's too old because she's 80 years old, which I would probably agree, um, even though, I mean, she seems pretty spry for an 80-year-old. But I think you probably want a younger face of the uh, of the party. So Hakeem Jeffries becomes the majority leader or the minority leader, the House minority leader. Catherine Clark from Massachusetts, who represents the Boston suburbs, she becomes the House, the House um, minority leader. Uh, the House Minority, uh, the House Minority Whip, so that's second command in the minority, and so we have a situation now where obviously the Republicans are voting for who they're voting for Speaker, and the Democrats are voting for who they're voting for for Speaker, and you need 218 votes. That's the majority of Congress because Congress is a body of 435, right? So the majority of that. Uh, you know the apps the, the 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 majority of that the minimum majority of that is 218 but it looks like after the first round of voting that Hakeem Jeffries is actually leading Kevin McCarthy he has 212 votes in his first ballot which I believe is the entire 
is the entire House Democratic Caucus. And uh, Kevin McCarthy has 203. So he has he has almost 10 fewer votes for speaker. And he's in the majority because there are uh, a non-zero and, in fact, very uh, significant enough, uh, significant enough voting block of House Republicans who don't want to see him in speaker as speaker for one reason or another. Uh, they're voting for Jim Jordan, who is Trump's friend, who called Trump the morning of January 6th, who was referred to the um, uh, ethics committee before, uh, by the January 6th committee. They're voting for Jim Jordan. I believe Jim Jordan's actually come out and said, vote for Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy's in there saying, we've earned it. No, no, we've earned this majority, you know, right? And so I think that you're seeing a lot of the stuff that you're seeing here in Massachusetts, you're starting to see nationally too. The Republicans apparently are too ideologically fractured to have, I think, a competent body of governance. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Marcus, how are you? Good, how I you think, doing? Um, good, thank you. Good. Happy New Year. You too. Um, I, I think that's kind of pretty standard for the Republicans to do their own thing. To not think as a cohesive group. Don't yeah. you think... You don't think that? No, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I think the Senate's a little bit, uh, like McConnell, I think, has a pretty firm grasp on what happens there. But, well, they're um, like Democrat light, so they're not really Republican. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know? I don't know uh, about that. I, I don't know about, I don't, Mitch McConnell, I think, has done more for Republicans than Donald Trump or any, or any, really, any president in the last 40 or, 40 or so years. How long have you been a senator? I mean, you know, it's like it, it, it doesn't matter how incompetent you are. If you stay in long enough, you could be president. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's just there's there's about there's about three or four seats of the Supreme Court. I think you can get you can credit McConnell for. But um, but anyway, so what were you? So sorry, what were you saying? Well, no, I, I just think that this is pretty standard and operating for for the Republicans. The Republicans seem to um, they seem to be a little more independent and more fractious, where as the Democrats. You're told to jump in line, and you jump in line and vote a certain way. I, mean, I, I just, I, I don't see, you know, I think Nancy Pelosi had a little bit of a trouble with the, with the, um, uh, one of the caucuses, the, uh, a little bit, but at the end of the day, it, did, it didn't take her more than she, they figured it out before they got to voting. This is the first time in like almost a century that they, they needed to have another round of votes. It's a beautiful uh, thing. The democracy's working. Then. I suppose. Well, you don't think that's good? I listen. I I, uh, I mean, I think it's good from the perspective of the Republicans can't put a rule. The thing is, here's the problem with with what's going on here. If McCarthy has to go across, if McCarthy can't get enough of these grown adults to realize the gravity of the situation here, they he has to go to the Democrats and ask them for votes, right? Because McCarthy's, I guess, a bit too, quote unquote, moderate for them. And he has to ask some moderate Democrats to vote for him for speaker. And if he has to do that, they're not going to do that without concessions. So what's going to happen is instead of Republicans having the gavel and being able to dole out all the chairmanships 
that they want, right, to control those chairmanships, to have these hearings that they want to have, the Hunter Biden laptop committee or whatever. In order to do that, they need to have the gavel and have the majority unquestioned. But right now what they're going to have is some sort of if he has to go across the aisle to get Democrats to vote with him, they have to have they might have to have some power sharing agreement that's really going to water down what they want to do in Congress. Well, I, I think they're as weak as they're going to be. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, they're, they're one step away from the Democrats taking it back. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, it's I true. think I, maybe what will happen is, uh, believe it or not, he'll see, he'll see the light and say, hey, let somebody else do it for the good of the party. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. I, uh, who, I who are they going to get? I mean, the thing is, is who are they going to? I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Jim Jordan. I don't know if like the thing. Here's the problem. Jordan, he's too divisive. Right. That's the. But isn't that the problem? Well, <laughs> that's the that's the um, whole thing. Is is that whoever whoever's going to satisfy those like I don't know twenty or so Republicans? The 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 number of people that have opposed them have only grown. Whoever's going to uh, appease those like twenty or so Republicans? Is probably going to be divisive because that's the that's the, the Jim Jordan is the flank of the the party where they're at. Like Matt Gates, you know, Matt Gates is one of the strongest opposers. He he said confidently after, and I'm not sure if he changed sides since, but he said confidently after they it was decided that they won the majority in the House. Well, he doesn't have you know I can tell you Kevin McCarthy doesn't have 218 votes. So I, and I mean, sounds like he's right. No, he was correct. Exactly. Yeah. But but I don't know who's going to I don't know who's going to appease them because I think Jim Jordan even said no vote for Kevin McCarthy. So it's it's difficult. They've got a lot of people that are <laughs> there's well, a lot. The, the, the Republicans are a mess. They need to get their their own house together, then worry about running the country. Um, yeah. They're trying to do both at the same time and it isn't working. And until, you know, until they figure it out, I mean, let them keep voting. I, I want to see. I want to see. Um, I want to see someone voted in, and and that's the process, and, and and it'll happen. It might not be the perfect candidate. It might not be the guy I want. But it's it's the way it works. And just because it hasn't happened in a hundred years, yeah, it's good for the democracy. It makes makes it show that it's working, don't you think? I maybe I I think there's the the thing is is like, you know, Congress is in session. Uh, you you've got work to do. <laughs> You know, there's well, they're they're in session part time. So guess what? They lose they lose a couple of days here and there. It won't kill them for now. Working hard doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess for now, I, I don't know. It, it's it's just if if you can't, the, the, I get the whole point of like, hey, you know, there's a there's a uh, whatever a, a battling of ideas here, and it's great for yeah. the discourse and all of that. I get that, but at the end of the day, I think you need at least some uniformity um, or some 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 broad cohesion you know some broad cohesive principles in order to govern you know in order to get stuff done if they want to pass any bills if they want to take the votes they want to take they need to like you know be on the same page with a lot of stuff and you can say well, the democrats I, you know did they discipline their i guess their their base a little bit too much but um i think it pre- presents to the american people a more cohesive front and a more competent front uh, than all of this stuff they can't even decide who they want to lead them and they have to do that well, but do the American people want that? Because we we've consistently voted fractured. Look look how close the vote is consistently. Mm. And if if you said all to, all of those people on the right, well, give in a little bit and let's let the left take over. You you say to the left, let's give in a little bit and let the right take over. It's still no, no, no. That's that's the world we live in right now. Mm. So this is, I mean, this is this is America. I mean, let's be honest. It's 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 a fractured mess right now. And it is. I don't know. 
but I love it. All right, take care. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. Um, so I'll tell you what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight. Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. You're live. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Hey, Tom. What's up? Well, I remember Mr. McCarthy uh, coming on the stage. Uh, as far as my recollection, seeing him for the first time, was right after the nine committees that were investigating Hillary Clinton. And the guy jumped in front of the microphone when those committee uh assignments yeah. ended, and I thought Hillary Clinton did well in those committees, by the way. But yeah, he comes out, and he says, yeah. It was like somebody coming out of a barroom. He says, yeah. He says, we, we did it. We finally derailed her campaign. And he looked at the <laughs> other Republicans looking at him like, he okay, said the quiet, he said the, we did it, but you don't tell the whole country. <laughs> yeah. that kind of quiet thing, quiet you know? part out loud, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they, they find that film, because that, that's going to be important. And people have to remember... This guy is going to be third in line to the presidency. So, he is. you know, the, 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 the other question I had is, this guy Santos, doesn't he get sworn in by the speaker? He's, already, he's, he's already been sworn in. He's, who swore him in? There is no speaker yet. How, how could he be sworn in? I don't get that. Uh, maybe it was Pelosi was the speak. Maybe Pelosi was the speaker until the majority was sworn in, I would assume. Wow, so he already hasn't sworn Okay, that's yeah. another thing. But, yeah, I think this is going to go on for a while. Uh, this is, what, Wednesday? I don't think you'll have an answer until maybe Monday, and there could be major uh, swings and, and new nominees coming in, like Scalise or something like that. Scalise? Uh, God. Yeah. Um, I so, know, huh? Yeah, but I know. That, that, their bench ain't very good either. I mean, yeah. these guys can't put together a health care plan. I expect them to run a country. For people who don't know Steve Scalise, he was, he's a Louisiana congressman. He was actually shot uh, playing softball in the Congress, but, uh, right. which, is, which is awful. But he's also um, likely a white supremacist. Uh, it's correct. just important to remember. He speaks yeah. at white supremacist organizations and all of that. Yeah, and he actually is the Republicans much. He actually uh, <laughs> he actually he actually is in uh, in House leadership. Um, but so, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, there was a I, I I'll have to look look at it again. I forget her name, but there's a Florida rep who basically said, I don't care if it's three ballots or 97 ballots. Kevin McCarthy is going to be speaker. We're not going to be governed by the extre- the radical two percent. But it's like, well, it looks like you are, you know, right. Yeah. Even if he becomes speaker, like we already look like, you know, this is what you're looking like. It's it's already, I think it's already like a devastating PR for them because they're trying to show they can govern. The agenda that that, that they're putting out there, investigate Biden, investigate Biden's son, you know, investigate America. I mean, these people are supposed to be governing. I mean, it, it, it seems to be that's all they're about, you know, and they end up with indictments, convictions, and pardons. I mean, what kind of, I don't know, they're, they're so far off base uh, from where it used to be, uh, where you could basically respect a conservative for their position on different things. Uh, even Ryan, Ryan, at least he was being touted as a budgetary whiz and all that, and that gave him a little bit of credence to become the speaker. But uh, 
I mean, Ryan that. was. I think Ryan was really just the speaker because he was a pleasant face to have as the as the face of the party. Like he was a young, good-looking guy who had just run for what, vice president of the United States, so he had a national profile. I don't right. think there's any. Yeah, I guess he was like a budget guy or whatever, but that was the real reason because I don't think he was in. I don't think he was one of the. I don't. He wasn't the the whip or the. He wasn't even the whip. He, I don't think he was even one of the top-ranked Republicans in the House. Right. They uh, had to do something to, to sort of settle in. I don't even I know. Here's the thing. I don't even know if Paul Ryan had a chairmanship at the time. I'm not. He might have. He probably did. Uh, but I seem to remember something with him in the budget or something. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, way, oh yeah, he was ways in these chair. That's actually pretty serious. So um, that's a that's 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 like the biggest committee in the uh, in Congress. But right. still, it was it's still to go from ways and means chair. You're usually in the leadership, right? To go from ways and means chair to the um, to go from ways and means chair to to the to the speakership is still a huge leap. You know, Richie Neal. Richie Neal isn't in any votes for leadership. He was chair ways and means. It doesn't. It's a huge. It's a big job. But oh, sure. it's not, you know, it was still a big leap. I, I still think it was, it, you know, and I, actually when Paul Ryan governed it, when Paul Ryan was speaker, at least, um, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't good, but he at least like wanted to per, he at least worked to present that like kind of front of look, we can govern. Like I remember when they passed a budget with Obama, they worked with Obama to pass a bipartisan budget and they like celebrated that they did the bare minimum like the absolute bare minimum of what they're supposed to do, which is like, <laughs> you know, pass a budget to make the government function. Uh, but at least they did that. I don't even think McCarthy's house is capable of doing this, uh, doing that at this juncture. If he is, does become a speaker, I don't think he's capable for the job. I think the Republicans can really get themselves entangled in, in, in a whole lot of uh, hooey. Because yeah. of him, I don't think he has the intellectual capacity to speak. There's, I don't either. There's also there's two problems. I think he's going to have to capitulate to Democrats. I think more than he probably wants to because of how slim the majority is and how 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 there's a non-zero number of people in, the, in his own party that just absolutely don't respect him. And two, there's going to be, I think, the issue of those New York congressmen that basically hold down that basically, you know. Uh, are the staple for that majority because Andrew Cuomo um, absolutely bungled the redistricting in New York on the way out. Um, like he bungled everything else. Uh, but uh, they're gonna, they're holding down the majority there. And if they, you know, I think they've at least got to be present a, a front that's at least somewhat moderate. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be in jeopardy of losing their seat. So they're going to probably be able to do a lot of what they want, but I think they're going to be able to do uh, whatever they want. And I think they're going to be able to at least, I think Democrats are at least going to be able to find, you know, some, some uh, avenues for leverage. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, interesting day. uh, Hope everybody has a good new year. Yeah. You as well. Yeah. I hope you had a good new year. I, um, what'd you do on new year's? Let me know. Uh, Marcus Uno from New Bedford, no relation, saying, glad the GOP is back to obstruction as usual. I nominate Marjorie Taylor Greene. Is that a joke? Uh, is that, if that's not a joke, you let me know if that's a joke. But Marjorie Taylor Greene's kind of part of the problem, you know, uh, that they're facing, so... Yeah, I don't know. 
I, you know, um, I think that I'm just thinking about it sort of, you know, kind of musing on the fly about, about what they're going to have to do to, like, if they have to capitulate to Democrats, they're not going to be able to get done what they want to get done, which is basically just like, again, start the Hunter Biden laptop committee, the Hunter Biden, uh, the Hunter Biden nude pictures committee, um, you know, the Hunter Biden crack pipe committee, the uh, Hunter Biden China committee. That's basically what they want to do. But I think if they have anything in the way of a semblance of legislative um, goals that they at least want to symbolically pass or any sort of policy achievements that they want to try to use their small majority to leverage Biden administration to doing so, I think they're going to be hard pressed to do it considering how small the majority is. Again, how little um, McCarthy's uh, a strong number of McCarthy's base that he's going to need to be speaker you know, how little they respect him and how much he might have to capitulate to those Democrats. I was thinking about because they're going to try to decommittee some people. And that's something that the House, uh, the Democrats did to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Actually, they kicked her off. She was appointed committees because that's where all the power is in Congress and committees. Right. If you're on the Ways and Means Committee, you're right in the budget. Right. Uh, transportation committee you know you're working on uh appropriations for roads and bridges appropriations committee you know that's how that's how that's how you really wield power in congress is on the committees and so they decommitted marjorie taylor green because i mean she's insane and she had had some comments like before she got elected to congress that she wanted to execute nancy pelosi so they decommitted her And now Kevin McCarthy said he's going to do that to three House Democrats. Ilhan Omar. um, Adam Ilhan Omar, who's the obviously the congresswoman from uh, Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Minnesota from Minnesota. The you know, one of the part of the sort of Bernie AOC coalition uh, in the House. very famously and awesomely uh, called Elliot Abrams a mass murderer to his face, which was cool. Um, he's going to try to decommittee her, going to try to decommittee Adam Schiff, who was the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, who, you know, ran a lot of that rush. He was sort of the face of that Russiagate investigation. And uh, I forgot the third one, but he's trying to decommittee three Democrats. And I don't even know if he's going to be able to get that done because he might need Democrat votes. And they're going to say, Okay, but you can't. We're going to give this to you, but you can't decommittee Ilhan Omar. You got to. You can't decommittee any of our people. So even like kind of the basis stuff, the symbolic stuff that he wants to do, I don't know if it's going to get done. Doesn't seem like it's. I mean, he. I think he's going to be end up being speaker. I don't think it's going to be like you know Hakeem Jeffries or whatever. I, I think he's going to end up being speaker at some point, and it seems like they're pretty. It seems like there's some House Republicans that are pretty adamant about it. He does have the overwhelming majority of the Republicans. There's probably about 20-ish or so, maybe fewer, but he needs 218, and they don't have a, a big enough majority. The Democrats have steadfastly voted for everybody in their, everybody, everyone in their leadership. Hakeem Jeffries has gotten every single one of his 200, uh, 200 of the 212 Democratic votes, right? Hakeem Jeffries is the congressman from New York. Um, Catherine Clark, too. 
So their leadership has been uniform. Uh, their 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 uh, commitment to the the leadership has been pretty much uniform, but the Republicans they can't seem to get it together. It doesn't look good for people who are looking at it and saying you you can't even figure out who you want to lead you. You know how are you going to lead the country, right? How are they going to do anything? And I think they're not going to do anything. Like I said, I think they'll get one of their, you know, I think they'll get a Hunter Biden committee together at some point and they'll put on that whole parlor show for everybody. But um, if they want to do anything in the way of policy, budgetarily and all of that, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty difficult. 508-996-0500 is how you can join the program this evening tell you what i'm going to take another break and i'll be right back this is uh south coast tonight i'm marcus farrow listen to us live anywhere in the world on the wbsm app did you know you can get strength of america our values our way of life hasn't just been won on the battlefield it's won every day in our communities when we come together extending hands of compassion service and hope to those who need it most. For over 100 years, the American Legion has been strengthening communities across our nation by providing life-saving help and support to our veterans and neighbors during times like we're facing today. It's what the Legion's all about. From blood drives to distributing food, from responding to emergencies and protecting the most vulnerable among us. Our mission is making America's communities stronger. We are one family and therefore we care. We are the American Legion, veterans strengthening America. To learn how you can help, visit legion.org. Science is not an opinion. People come before pipelines. It's not too late to act on climate. At Earth Justice, we hold these beliefs to be self-evident. We're a national legal nonprofit fighting for your right to a healthy environment. Our 150-plus lawyers represent clients free of charge because now, more than ever, the Earth needs a good lawyer. If you believe what we believe, go to earthjustice.org today. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. South Coast. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. Going down till the sun comes up. South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. So, you know, the Nancy Pelosi thing that happened back in 2018. She was speaker and she got elected to speaker in the 2006 midterms, that was the big wave, like the rejection. Everybody was sick. It was Bush's second term. Everybody was sick of him. The economy was starting to do crappy. The Iraq war was largely seen as a failure because it was a failure. And uh, people, I, it was a historic win. Uh, that's when 2000, no, Obama got elected in 2004. But that's when uh, that's when the Democrats took 
the Senate. Bernie Sanders got elected to the Senate that year. He was in the House before. He got elected to the Senate that year in Vermont. And the Democrats took major majorities in the House that they built on in 26, uh, in the House and Senate that they built on in 26, uh, 2008 to work to end up being a absolute veto proof majority. So Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House during that Bush years, those Bush years and the Obama years before she became Speaker again. There was because there was kind of a new wave of, I guess, insurgent. You know, progressive left, progressive left members of Congress, uh, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. Um, they were all, you know, there was a, f- a few others, right? And they were in opposition along with some other members of the progressive caucus in opposition initially to Pelosi's, uh, you know, Pelosi's um, election to, to be speaker. But they had worked it out. They had come to an agreement that she was going to be speaker for four years and then she was going to step down. I remember when that agreement came to fruition, I didn't think that that was going to happen. I said, there is absolutely no way Nancy Pelosi is going to give up that gavel in four years. Now, I was wrong because she did give up leadership. And, you know... They lost the midterms. I don't think they lost them because of her, but they lost the midterms, and she gave up her position in leadership. She could have kept it if she wanted to, but she decided to anyway. I think, you know, once you're in that position for too long, too, and I'm not a, I'm not like term limits for like president or executive offices. I can get behind that. I can't get behind, I can't really get behind term limits for legislatures. I think there's a lot of, you know, in a society where people vote out their legislatures, maybe a little bit more, uh, it's probably a much better scenario to not have term limits for legislatures, but uh, they don't do that. But I think there's a lot of institutional knowledge about how stuff works, a lot of par- parliamentary stuff. There's, um, you know, just general legislative experience that you're leaving on the table by term limiting people out. And Nancy Pelosi did bring a great deal of institutional knowledge to that job at a time where they they needed it being, you know, they were in power in the House, but they were still out of power in general. I think they, you know, I think Democrats did need that institutional leadership. And Nancy Pelosi was effective, an effective speaker in the Obama administration for sure in getting Obama's key legislative uh, agenda, uh, a key legislative, two of his uh, key legislative um, uh, goals, his two primary ones, the stimulus bill, which now that we look at it seems so small <laughs> compared to what Biden's been passing, and the Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. She got that through, and that took a great deal of legislative maneuvering. Now, I think those bills could have been better, but nonetheless, I think she was effective in doing that. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yeah, how you doing, Marcus? Good, how's it going? Good to you. You too. Yeah, I was watching that on C-SPAN, you know, in the House. Yeah. Uh, They were saying 434 members of Congress, and uh, you're right, uh, McCarthy uh, got uh, 202. Yep. And uh, Jeffries. Uh, Jeffries uh got 212. Something like that, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, there were uh, 20 Republicans that didn't want to vote uh, McCarthy. Uh, yeah. Some of them feel that McCarthy is a rubber stamp for the Democrats. Uh, five times that the debt ceiling has been raised, and uh, some feel he's okay. Uh, but, okay, but if you don't raise the debt ceiling, it's it it, it could it could collapse our currency. Yeah, you know, you it, know it's uh, just just threatening, just threat. I think the, I just I think threatening to even not raise the debt ceiling. I think damaged the um, U.S.'s uh, uh, bond rating. You know, the, you know uh, which country uh, has borrowed the most money from the International Monetary Fund, the IMF? The United States. Yeah, I believe They're it. on the hook for a lot, a lot of money, a high yeah. interest. And, uh, you know, some feel that he's, uh, he's a rhino, and they don't want to go along. And, uh, and uh, uh, Jim Jordan uh, said publicly he doesn't want to be leader, but yet they voted uh, for him. Yeah, a few people did. I mean, Kevin McCarthy still got two hundred and three out of like two hundred and twenty votes. Let's, I mean, let's be real about that. There's still a significant amount of people that want Kevin McCarthy to be speaker. There's just like a, a small, but I guess um, electorally significant uh, margin of people who want it to be Jim Jordan. And Jim Jordan well, has told them all not to vote for him anymore. Well, you need sixteen of those Republicans to come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get McCarthy uh, to be the speaker, you yeah. know, 218. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're going to come together, the Republicans, they're going to say, either McCarthy's your guy, you've got to find somebody else within the Republican Party that you can put 218 behind, and let's yeah. get this uh, show on the road. Yeah, but who is that? They don't even know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're yeah. probably not going to know. Some say Scalise. Uh, I don't think it'll be somebody else. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be Scalise. Scalise is a is a like known white supremacist. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna have some white supremacist. uh, Uh, Where did you get that information? He speaks at white supremacist rallies. He's spoken at them. Steve Scalise would be problematic for them as speaker. I don't think they're gonna do it. I mean, it's problematic that he's web. And these are legitimate news sources. You got them from absolutely. Uh, yep. wait, he, attended a, he attended a 2000, uh, he attended a 2001, he, he, I'm just, I'm just Googling it now. Uh, he's saying, I'm, this is Politico, which I think is pretty legitimate. Yeah, I regret the speech, uh, I regret but, yeah. the speech to a white supremacist group, which he's saying publicly because he was outed for it. So, yeah, but Marcus, I, let me just say this, um, a Politico is owned by the, uh, the communist Chinese party. Alibaba, which is but Steve uh, Scalise said Chinese. himself. You believe but, but hold on, but hold on. Steve Scalise said himself he spoke to to, to white nationalists. So what did he tell them? Yeah, he's opposed to them. Yeah, that's Nobody what he knows. did. I mean, yeah. he went there to say what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we he don't went know. there and said, "Hey guys, stop it!" No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he well, said he regretted well. the speech. He wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't have said he regretted the speech if he didn't go there and and tell them exactly what they wanted to hear. So, um, but hey, listen, man, I got to take this break, unfortunately, but I appreciate your call. You have a good one, Mike. You as well. The The show. I'm Marcus Farrow. Nine o'clock, Mike Osti. He's um, a sports broadcaster in the Pittsburgh market. He is going to be joining me. He was on my Saturday show quite a bit when we, you know, we talk about, uh, he covers the NFL. And he covers I mean, sports in general, NBA, NFL, NHL, but he covers the NFL, uh, NFL. He had some really good stories about covering Antonio Brown when he played for the Steelers. 
uh, when he, you know, for Pittsburgh and Antonio Brown blocking him on Twitter and all that. It was really good. But we're actually going to talk about the Demar Hamlin uh, situation. So I'm sure a lot of you might have watched that show. Uh, I mean, watched that game uh, on Monday. I was watching that game on Monday, and uh, it was pretty frightening. Uh, it was a pretty horrific scene that we we saw unfold. Um, that uh, I think, you know, there's all. It's the NFL probably responded poorly, and uh, I think the the players really took, and the coaches took the initiative to uh, to do the right thing. Um, but certainly uh, a shock. It was. You see a lot of gruesome injuries that happen in the NFL. It's a, it's a violent sport, but the reaction that people got to that, I was, it, you know, some of that stuff, oh, man, it just gives you the chills. And that was one of those things that just just doesn't sit right with you. But we're going to talk to Mike Osti, get his thoughts on it. 